You're listening to the Candid Comms podcast with Rachel Miller. Tune in for practical advice and inspirational ideas to help you focus on all things internal communication related. Hello and welcome to the show. Today's episode is focused on how to make your first internal communication role a success. It's for you if you have just joined the wonderful world of internal communication, welcome, what a fantastic choice you have made. Or it's for you if you are currently recruiting or perhaps mentoring someone who is new to the world of internal communication. We will be looking at one thing to know, one thing to do, and one thing to think about. Let's get started. Our first area of focus today is what we need to know. And what I want us to know is the job description. Now, whether you're looking for a job as an internal communicator or you're trying to recruit an internal communicator, you need to be super clear what you are looking for from that position, whether it's a job you're gonna have or a job you want to recruit. I'm gonna talk through this episode as if you are a new internal communicator or someone trying to get into the profession. If not, we'll probably get into a little bit of a muddle, so just bear with me. So through the lens of thinking about you joining the wonderful world of internal communication as an internal communicator for the first time, have a look at the job descriptions that are around. Now they vary wildly. We don't help ourselves in the world of internal communication because we don't have consistency. I've talked about this quite a lot over the last few seasons of the Candid Comms podcast. That's both in terms of titles and also what we're asking people to do as internal communicators. If you are a team of one, you will be doing all sorts. You will be working strategically and you'll be working tactically. So in other words, you'll be doing the thinking and the doing when it comes to all things internal comms related inside an organisation. An ideal scenario for me when looking at a brand new entry level, if you like, brand new internal communication role is that you are crystal clear what you are asking that person to do. Is it you are asking them to oversee the channels, for example, that it's very much focused on crafting and drafting, on creating content for an intranet or perhaps writing stories for an internal newsletter where they're not making the big decisions, perhaps when it comes to uh, strategy or it comes to a direction of travel for the function as a whole. They're probably acting upon information and advice and guidance from the people around them. So the core focus of their role, and if I think about the very first roles that I had as an internal communicator, that was very much what I was doing. I was following instructions from my colleagues and from my boss. So I was creating lots of stories and writing scripts, and I was doing all sorts to help the team communicate well with our colleagues. Now, job descriptions are an absolute minefield. They are littered with expectations and they are littered with unrealistic expectations if we're being very candid, comms friends. When I look at some of the jobs, and we have jobs at allthingsic.com forward slash jobs, we have job adverts on the website, and they vary wildly, not least in terms of the title. So when you are looking for a brand new 
first role as an internal communicator, you could be called all sorts. You could be called an internal communication executive, an internal comms assistant, or perhaps the phrase corporate communication is used or employee communication is used. You could be an IC manager. You could be an IC, oh my goodness, take your pick. You could be a a lead, an executive, an assistant, an officer, and we do not have a consistent approach in the world of internal comms. You could work somewhere as an internal comms exec, and it's the equivalent to an internal comms manager somewhere else, but in your own organization, it could be really hierarchical. So exec could be the bottom rung of the ladder, if you like, and then above you would be, say, an officer, and then a manager, and then a senior manager, and then a head of internal communication, and then a director of internal communication. All these things are possible inside organizations. So it makes it quite hard to benchmark, and it makes it quite hard to really have clarity in terms of the level of expectation that's placed on you as an internal communicator. Because what is called an IC manager in one organization could be completely different in another. So something for us to really know is to nail that job description and be really, really clear whether you're trying to recruit or you're trying to do the job. So have a look at it. How are you setting that stall out? What does it say? If I'm looking at a job description as someone brand new into internal communication and imagine I've just joined an organisation, I encourage you to talk through that job description with the relevant person internally. Hopefully that's your boss or maybe it's a colleague in HR to have real clarity of exactly what is expected of you. I think to set yourself up for success, it's really important to understand the reality of what you've got inside the organisation. So if you're looking at a job description for an internal communication manager, it will probably say things like you're responsible for writing content for newsletters perhaps, or helping to organise town halls or webinars, or helping to gather feedback, or collating questions or moderating conversations as part of a webinar or a town hall, so an all employee meeting or all hands. Again, comms friends, here's this inconsistency. It's called all of these things. Um, I do have an episode actually on how to run a successful town hall and I will share that in the show notes at allthingsic.com forward slash podcast in the show notes for this episode. But what does it mean in your job description? I think to be successful and to have a really good first impression inside your organisation, look at the job description, look what's expected of you and make sure that you really truly understand it. It's very helpful to know the history of channels, for example. I remember when I joined an organisation, I worked in-house for 10 years as an internal communicator. And when I joined an organisation in my interview, I got told about this new channel that I would be responsible for. And I remember feeling really excited about it and thinking, oh, I really hope I get this job because I can really get my teeth into it. It's a new channel and I can help shape it and I can help evolve it. And I could just see it would be a great opportunity for me to get stuck in. Or so I thought. And I was successful and I managed to get the job. And then when I joined the organisation, oh my goodness me, I've actually got my head in my hands as <laughs> I'm remembering how awful it actually was. The expectation was huge from the business because they'd been promised this channel. And then when I went in as 
a quite a new, inexperienced internal communicator. My goodness me, the pressure was on. So what had been sold to me as a fantastic development opportunity and could really shape it and make it my own, which was true, had a backdrop of a huge weight of expectation, a previously failed channel that hadn't worked inside the organisation and this new one had been touted as the quick fix as this would solve all of the problems. What an expectation to put on me going into that organisation. So lesson learned from me, comms friends, is when you're looking at the job description, maybe if you're in the interview process or maybe when you're just new in, make sure you have a conversation and you understand what's led to certain things being put inside that job description. What do they actually mean? What's the history behind what's in that job description? Why are those line items in there? If you've ever recruited an internal communicator, you will know the debate that goes on, well, in any role, frankly, but the debate that goes on in terms of what are we asking this person to do? What are we asking them to prioritise and what skills, knowledge and experience are we hoping that they will bring to this role? It's a very thoughtful process. You go through it in detail and you try to make sure that you're being super clear. So when you're setting your stall out and you're trying to recruit an internal communication manager, there are certain things that you're looking for. But it's really helpful when you're on the receiving end, learn from my mistake, to ask the questions. Can you help me understand exactly what this would look like if I was to be successful in the role? Can you help me understand the history of the channels that you have? For example, your future self will thank you if you ask those questions. If you are new into a role, excellent, congratulations, brilliant. What you need to know is what that looks like in reality for you. So when I said there about what the priorities are, do you know what the priorities are. When you're learning about internal communication, it can take you a long time to get your head into new things because it's new. You need to learn how the organisation works, what its culture's like, what your leaders are like, what the tone of voice is like, how to use certain software or how to upload stories onto an intranet. The learning curve that you have when you're new into a role is huge. So be kind to yourself and make sure you know what is expected of you and make sure you know what to prioritise. Because if you're spending three days a week on a task that people are expecting you to do in one or two days, it's very helpful to know that. The second area of focus for us today is what you need to do as an internal communication manager to help make that first role a success. What I encourage you to do is to work out loud. Now, what this means is that you are narrating your work as you go. It means that you are asking for help from those around you. And if you don't have good peers, if you don't have you know, a strong team around you, or perhaps a boss who's got the capacity and the time to help you learn, then it can be really isolating and really quite lonely because you are trying to do your best and you're trying to put things together and understand how the organisation ticks and how channels work and you're trying to thrive in your role and you're trying to be successful. I find working out loud really helpful and that means showing your thinking and it might mean if you have a boss for example where you can have one-to-ones with them, perhaps you're having weekly one-to-ones, 
you're showing your thought process and you're showing these are the decisions that I've made and this is why. Now, over time, as you get used to doing this, as you get used to showing your workings out and making good decisions, you'll make better choices. When you start, you cannot be expected to know absolutely everything. It's okay to make mistakes, but I encourage you to work out loud. So what this means is when you're having conversations with people internally, perhaps with your boss, where you're not quite sure whether you've understood what you're meant to be doing and being very frank, our roles are super visible. Even if you are the newest internal communicator inside an organisation, everything you say, everything you write, everything you advise stakeholders can feel like it's up for scrutiny because it often is. So be kind to yourself and check your thinking with the people around you. So that means having conversations with your line manager to say, these are the things I'm thinking through. These are the problems I'm trying to solve. And this is what I'm planning to do. Over time, you will build your confidence and your manager can see how you think. I did this when I worked in-house and I found it so helpful. I didn't call it working out loud because I didn't know that that was a thing. And in fact, it is a thing. I will include some links in the show notes at allthingsic.com forward slash podcast in the show notes for this episode about working out loud and what it is and how it works. I know I've mentioned it a few times on Candid Comms in previous seasons. But the importance, I think, for us as internal communicators and and for you, if you're brand new into internal communication, is that you find a way to build your confidence and build your confidence when it comes to your decision making by sharing your thinking and working out loud. Now, if you don't have a supportive boss, and I really hope you do, but if you don't have a supportive boss or if you don't have someone internally who you can check ideas with, before you launch something in your very super visible role, then I encourage you to consider finding a mentor or finding networks of peers outside your organisation. Within the world of internal communication, there are so many professional bodies that you can join from the Institute of Internal Communication to the Chartered Institute of Public Relations, the International Association of Business Communicators, the Public Relations Society of America, The list is endless. There are multiple professional bodies who exist to support communicators. I'll include all of those links to all of those organisations in the show notes. I've been a member of lots of professional bodies for years. And I remember particularly starting out when bosses of mine would recommend that I joined these professional associations. I found it so helpful to suddenly have access to a network of peers where I could ask them for advice and guidance, particularly if I didn't feel comfortable asking something internally. There are so many communities today which aren't just the professional bodies. There are lots of communities online, particularly guild communities, where these are messaging boards, if you like. It's probably the easiest way to describe it. It's kind of like a WhatsApp, but it's a thread. And you can ask questions on their forum style and you get advice and guidance from your peers. Again, I'll include some links to some guild groups in the show notes. That's hugely helpful as an internal communicator. You never need to feel alone, even if you are a team of one, even if you are brand new to IC or you've been working in this field for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. There are always people who you can ask for advice. There's lots of LinkedIn groups as well, actually. I'll include some LinkedIn groups as well. 
I regularly mentor people, particularly through the Institute of Internal Communication. I do so through my own business, through all things I see, but I also volunteer as a mentor with professional bodies because I know firsthand how incredibly valuable I found it throughout my internal communication career to be able to ask people who've been there, seen it, done it, got the t-shirt to say, this is what I'm thinking, what do you think? I'm not sure what to do, or I don't feel like I've made the right decision, please can you help me? It's really helpful to talk it through with somebody else. Nowadays, I learn as much from my mentoring conversations as I know that my mentee does. I'm the shoes near the foot now where I am the mentor, but I feel like I learn so much from my mentoring conversations because I'm asked to explain why do you do things in a certain way or how does this work inside organizations and the more that I work out loud and the more that I talk about how I solve problems and how I see organizational communication I know that it benefits both of us so I encourage you to do that I encourage you to work out loud in your role I encourage you to see whether there's a network of support that you could access either inside your organization maybe there's some reverse mentoring opportunities maybe there's colleagues in HR or perhaps in external comms who you could partner with and if not maybe there's opportunities outside of your organization we're going to take a short break and when we come back I will leave you with one thing to think about see you in a moment Comms is brought to you by All Things I See. My brilliant team and I offer consultancy, training and mentoring to help you thrive in your internal communication role. You can choose from online learning, in-person and bespoke courses. Topics range from measurement to strategy and how to be an internal communicator. See allthingsic.com for more information and use the code CANDIDCOMS at the checkout to save 10%. If you're struggling with your internal communication, help is at hand. We can mentor you, conduct audits, advise on your channels and much more. Contact us via hello at allthingsic.com and we'll talk it through together. Welcome back. In the final part of today's episode, we are going to be focusing on what to do to help make your first internal communication manager role a success. And I want to encourage you to think about professional development. You learn so much when you are working in internal communication. It is such a privilege to work in this space. You have access inside an organization to whoever you need access to. You don't necessarily need to ask permission Sometimes you do, depends on the culture of your organisation. But more often than not, you have access to whoever you need to have conversations with. If you need to go to one of your factories or one of your shop floors or a station or a bus depot or your head office, you can do that. If you need to have conversations with your senior team, for example, or even with your unions or with colleagues in other countries and other places, you can do that because as professional communicators, it is our business to know our business. The more that you understand your organisation and what makes it tick, the more that you understand your people, most importantly, and what makes them tick, the better you will be as an internal communicator because you're reflecting the reality 
of the organisation that you work in. So your professional development is super important. Creating opportunities to learn inside an organisation takes many forms and this is a constantly evolving thing. I learn so much every single time I work with an organisation and when I worked in-house for 10 years I learned so much in every single organisation that I worked in because I was constantly curious. I was asking questions constantly, trying to understand what made our our organisation work, trying to understand the reality of working in particular roles for our frontline workers, for example, or working in a call centre. What was that like in reality and what impact did that have on internal communication? All of these questions bubble around and fizz around constantly when you work in internal communication because you're trying to make sure that you can have the right information to the right people at the right time to help them do their jobs and they feel part of that conversation. So you're not just pushing out content, you're creating conversational spaces where your people can thrive. For you as an internal communicator, your professional development can take many forms. It can definitely be asking conversations inside your organisation to get under the hood of your organisation, to really understand how the engine works, how the cogs all fit together and, and things work. But also, Within the niche of internal communication, if you don't have a big team internally, and perhaps if you don't have, I mentioned professional bodies earlier, if you're not a member of a professional body, how can you learn about the niche of internal communication? Well, you are spoiled for choice. If I think back to when I joined internal communication in 2003, I didn't have a budget to learn about internal comms. I learned very much on the job. I'd been a journalist for four years before that and I learned from the people around me. They were absolutely fantastic. I recently reconnected with my very first internal communication boss. I managed to track her down on LinkedIn, Viv, and it was wonderful to swap notes and and compare thinking back to where I was at in 2003 as a just turned 23 year old, given away my age here, um, I just turned 23 and discovered internal communication and I had such a steep learning curve. Now the people around me in that organisation, which is Visteon, which used to be part of Ford Motor Company and its span off, they were so generous with their knowledge and they taught me so much about internal communication. But if you're listening to this thinking, well I'm listening because I don't know much about internal communication and I want to learn, then you are spoilt for choice today. There are so many amazing communities and people sharing great content online in a way that didn't exist in 2003. I will share some links in the show notes so you can access some of these communities and some of these resources but there are lots of podcasts available focused on internal communication. There are lots of membership bodies that we've talked about that I will link to but there's also ways where you can learn for free. So podcasts are um, normally free, lots of people are sharing great content for free online and there's also blogs I've been writing my blog since 2009 and when I started writing it, it was a way to work out loud actually and it was a way to share my thoughts on the world of internal communication and share what I discovered and mainly because I wasn't sure whether I got stuff right. For being really candid with you, I wasn't sure whether 
what I was doing was the right thing and I was curious about what other people are doing. At the time I was doing a postgraduate diploma in internal communication management so I was working in the railway full time and then also studying that course it's changed over time and it's now the master's in internal communication management that's offered by the Institute of Internal Communication and Solent University. When I was studying that course I was researching the role of social media and internal comms which was new at the time 2008-2009 and the reason I started blogging was to see whether other people were curious about this topic and to try and connect with other people. Today there are so many excellent websites, there are lots of consultants who are sharing good content online, there are lots of blog posts, there are lots of LinkedIn newsletters. So if you're trying to learn about internal communication and this is your very first internal comms role then there are lots of opportunities for you. I encourage you to contribute as well as just reading. Something that is very easy to do is to think, well, I don't know very much. I don't really want to write a guest post for anyone. I don't really want to share what I've learned. I encourage you to work out loud. I encourage you to take people up at opportunities. For example, on the All Things I See blog, we have a candid conversation series. Now, again, I'll include a link in the show notes where anybody can come and join conversations about internal comms and share what's important to you, perhaps recommend a book that you like. We've got a series of set questions. So even if you've just started working in internal communication, I know that your knowledge, your skills, your insight would be really helpful for your peers to read about. So do take me up on this opportunity. Do come onto the All Things I See blog, come and write a guest post, come and share your thinking. I'll include all the links in the show notes for you. But your professional development, if you want to develop into the world of internal communication and make your role a success, be really mindful, carve out time for your professional development. Make that a meeting with yourself that you don't cancel. Maybe it's once a week and maybe it's half an hour where you spend time listening to a podcast or reading blog articles or reading industry publications. Again, I'll link to those in the show notes so you can find the industry publications that we have. Creating time to learn about internal communication enhances the way that you work as an internal communicator. Your business benefit, you benefit as well. So get in the habit, if you're brand new in, get in the habit of improving yourself professionally to benefit yourself and everyone else around you. So we've looked at what you need to know. We've talked about how you need to look at your job description and really be clear. What is it that you are being asked to do as an internal communication manager, whether at interview stage or you're brand new into the role or maybe to look for the lens of recruiting? Are you making it super clear what success looks like for this brand new internal comms manager? We talked about what you need to do and encourage you to work out loud, share your thinking, share your thoughts with the people around you, your boss, for example, so you can build your confidence in the decisions that you are making. And I encourage you to think about your professional development, building in time to learn more about internal communication to benefit yourself and your organisation. I hope you found this episode useful. As ever, I love hearing from you. You can find me online. Why not look me up, Rachel Miller, on LinkedIn. I'm Rachel All Things I See on Instagram. Or why not send me a message via the website, hello at allthingsic.com. 
I'd love to know what you are taking away from this episode and what you hope to do differently as a result of listening to Candid Comms. And remember, what happens inside is reflected outside. See you again soon. Thank you.